Welcome, everyone, to the Picayune Post Game Podcast by Talking Ball, y'all. I'm David Burnett, following a 21-7 victory over Gulfport. I'm going to give you a little introduction, kind of give you some stats that we got. And as Clay and Slick break down the equipment and pack up and get ready to head home for a short ride this week as we had our first home game of the season. And, man, it was a, it was a doozy. You had score was only 21 to 7, but the plays were just endless on defense. If you love defense, then this was your game. Both teams brought a phenomenal defense. Picayune was able to kind of get a little better on Gulfport's defense than Gulfport was on Picayune's, and which led to a 21 to 7 victory. First part of the game, you you kind of knew it was going to be defensive battle. You had Goport received the opening kickoff and three and out. Waller with a big sack on third down. They punt. Picayune gets the ball at Gulfport's 24-yard line after a very short, maybe five-yard punt from Gulfport deep into their own territory. And Picayune takes over and, and, and can't get any points out of it. So just that first drive from both teams, kind of that that's kind of how the game, most of the game went, especially in the first half. Dowdell puts Picayune on the board. First with a three-yard touchdown run, and that puts Picayune on top after a craft PAT seven to nothing. And you had a lot of three and outs from Gulfport throughout this whole first half. They really didn't get much going. You had a big spark. Picayune was able to – they punted the ball, and there was a three and out. They punted, and Jeremiah Conti recovers a muff punt. And you're thinking at Gulfport's 21, well, wow, Picayune's about to go – 14 to nothing, and maybe we'll, we'll, we've got something brewing. And then Gulfport's defense holds after a – had a big holding call in that drive where Picayune got set back first and 20 and just couldn't get down there and score. So Gulfport was able to get the ball back. And the, the highlight – I mean, not the highlight of the game. It was a really impressive play, a great throw by um, Brady Robson. But kind of the talk of the first half was this one play right before the half – where Chris Davis comes streaking down the sidelines and Brady Robson throws a perfectly thrown ball over into the corner of the end zone and Dow, uh, Davis gets behind the coverage and drops in for a touchdown. Well, everyone rules it a touchdown, but then you look and everyone's run out, ready to go kick, and then all of a sudden the officials huddle and they, after a long discussion, they call illegal touching. Now, no one threw their hat down. No one threw a flag down, which it wouldn't, that wouldn't require a flag but until he actually touched the ball. So going out of bounds is not a penalty. But he was the first one to touch it. I had a video of him running, but I didn't get him when he first come out the backfield as I was following Brady's. So I posted a video on Slick and Dave on Twitter, and I asked the official where they said he stepped out. Well, he, they said he stepped out at the three. I had video of that part of the run, and Chris didn't step out there. So – um it happened earlier on from what I was told. I haven't seen the full video, obviously, yet of the play. So apparently he stepped out before. I think my opinion is I think they missed it. They knew they missed it. So once they talked about it, then they got got together and decided to call illegal touching, which took a touchdown off the board for Picayune right before the half. So they're going to half seven to nothing. You kind of – and that's kind of a play that could ruin – a team you know here they are thinking they were about to go up 14 to nothing and 
you had a touchdown raced off the board, which you everyone was going out there, like I said, thinking, wow, we just scored another touchdown. Well, man, hats off to Picayune. They, they held it. They wiped it clean. Didn't let it drag on. I think I let it drag on longer than they did. I mean, and just hats off to the coaching staff and the player, mainly the players, because as kids, you you can be told a bunch of stuff, but you still you know dwell on certain things, and that's something you would think, well, man, we we they took a touchdown from us, you know, the rest took a touch, but nobody did that. You didn't hear any of that on the sideline. It was a uh, yeah, they were upset when it first happened. But then nobody brought it up after after halftime. So it was hats off to them for moving on and getting on to the next play, which they did. So Peking comes out second half up seven to nothing. They get the ball first. Couldn't do much with it. They get it to Gulfport. They can't do anything with it. And this is when you start seeing Chris Davis in the backfield, along with Dante Dowdell, who kind of, I mean, he wore him out. I mean, you can't tackle that guy as much as, a team like Gulfport had to tackle tonight and him not end up breaking some longer runs. Dowdell in that second half was starting to get some of those seven, eight, nine, possibly 10-yard runs right there in the second half. But that drive two for Picayune, Chris Davis runs down the sideline for a 32-yard touchdown run, puts Picayune up 14 to nothing. And so now you're starting to see Picayune, man, here, here we go. The next drive, he had a big interception from Josiah Conti. And Goport's defense didn't bend. I mean, didn't break. They just kind of another three and out from Picayune. Well, the next drive, Goport punts again. Well, Picayune gets it again, and Chris Davis. This one was a nine-play drive, ninety-four yards. They went. They had to go a long way on this one, which was capped off by a thirty-seven-yard touchdown run by Davis. And that one was a thing of beauty. He ran through guys like man. He runs around. Chris is just, um, it was his birthday. He had a phenomenal game. Could have possibly ha almost had three touchdowns. He can run around you. He can run through you. I mean, he's, he's probably not going to run over um, a lot of people because he's just not that type of back. He can, why do that when you got Dante who can do it all day long and 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 you're going to get tired of seeing Dante come through, coming at you. Well, Davis can run around you, run through an arm tackle. He's very strong for his size, which is around six foot, 180 or 175, somewhere around that that area. So he's not a small kid by no means. He he breaks that 37-yard, picking up 20 to nothing. They get, Goport gets the ball back, and you know they're kind of in a pass happy now because they're down three scores late in the ball game. They get down to the 10-yard line of Picayune, and kind of in that pass coverage where everyone's kind of turned around and Palazzo is able to break a 10-yard run to get Goport on the board 21-7. to That's where it ends after a couple of back-and-forth things didn't happen for each team, and then Picayune gets the ball at the end and is able to kneel it at around midfield to end this one 21-7. to Move on to 3-0 and on the season. I'm just going to hit on the defense, man. The defense, uh, we hit on them every week. Um, Waller, I think he had four sacks tonight, and I got a couple of them on Twitter. If you want to look at them, he's just – he's everywhere. Tyson, he's Tyson, man. He's out there. I got a big hit. You think of uh, all the tackles he makes. I posted a video I've had of him breaking up a pass late where he just lays out the uh, wide receiver and knocks the ball away. 
the little guy can hit just as well as he can tackle. So he he's phenomenal out there running the defense for uh, the Tide. You had more guys out there that made big plays. The defensive line was all over Palazzo. And going in, me and Slick had talked a little bit about how, man, Picune's not going to be able to get the pass rush because of how fast Goport likes to get rid of the ball. Well, hats off to the secondary because they made Palazzo hold on to the ball a little longer and allowed that defensive line and the linebackers to get to him and chase him around all night long. Especially early on, he was not able to get much going. But his receivers, I will point out, did not help him out very early on in the game. They dropped a lot of balls that I felt could have been caught. Um, I don't know how that would have played out, but it, they did drop a lot of balls that he threw tonight. So hats off to the also to the uh, offensive line. They were that's one of those games where you probably you go in as a you know, a youngin, and you come out, you know, in your teens because, man, they had to work and work and work, and it just felt like, man, they're getting better, they're getting better. And you've seen that in the second half when Dante was starting to break those little, you know, first he was getting those two-yard runs. You know, he'd get, a, he'd get a little bit longer run here and there. But in that second half, you started seeing those eight, nine-yard carries by Dowdell, who finished with around 110 yards on 28 carries. You, you started to see that. So the Dolphins of line, hats off to them. They did a phenomenal job of staying with it, not not getting down, and and, and finished the game out. You know, we, we didn't have the rushing yards we normally would have. Still had almost around 200, which is uh, good for most teams, but for picking you want to see that number probably in the 300s. And you know it's been a good night offensively. Well, Davis had finished with six carries around 188 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, like I said, I think Waller had about four sacks. Um, Picune had, I don't know how many sacks on the night, but uh, it was a really good defensive game from Picune. So as I get Slick and Clay about to join me, I'm going to run down on how to follow us. If you go to Slick and Dave on Twitter, you can follow me every Friday night and throughout the week I post stuff. Um, but if you want to know anything that we're doing, go to Slick and Dave on Twitter. And also, if you want to follow our live broadcast, go to the MixLR app, download it, search Picayune, that easy. Follow, you get all the notifications on when we're on, and you can follow our live broadcast. And we're, and we're, we're going to talk some not only doing just football. So if you download and follow, you'll get notifications if we pop up and decide to cover another sporting event for Picayune this school year. Well, I want to thank everyone that's listened to the uh, broadcast throughout last year and this year. And uh, we've kind of had to mix the, the podcast around a little bit since we're calling the live broadcast, but it just adds another dimension to what we're able to offer here for uh, the sports coverage at Picayune. So as they're about to join me, we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask them on their thoughts about the game and let them discuss what they've seen from the booth here at Lee Triplett Stadium as Picayune won 21-7. Since 2017, Cruz Law Firm has provided a variety of legal services to their clients in South Mississippi. Their team will work hard for you to get the results that you need. You'll always be given the utmost respect and your case will be treated with the priority that it deserves. 
Cruz Law Firm works with the security title and is a member of the American Land Title Association. They have two locations to serve you at 1016 6th Avenue in Picayune and 300 Highway 11 Suite 4 in Poplarville. Or you can give them a call at 769-242-2500. Hey everybody, have you heard about the new restaurant in town, Brickside Coffee Cafe? Stop by and get a cup of your favorite coffee, made by one of our great baristas, and have some of our yummy breakfast, lunch or dinner, pancakes, bacon and eggs, the hamburgers, spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, redfish tacos, and so much more. Don't forget the brownie alamo. Check us out on Facebook, order online, stop by the drive-thru, or come on in and stay a while. That's Creekside Coffee Cafe. We'll make you happy. All right, now we're joined by Clay Sweet, voice of the Maroon Tide, and his color analyst slick, Ricky Whitaker. Guys, uh, hard-fault game, 21-7 by Maroon Tide. Um, First home game of the season. Really, really tough running tonight. Not what you used to seeing from the Tide. They're usually able to run the ball on just about anybody. But that first half, they struggled a lot. Clay, I'll go to you first. Um, Tide kind of struggled with, with running the ball. Cody, Coach Stogner said it was more of probably one of the better defensive lines they've seen. Really tough guys. Um, what did you see during the, during the game, as you called it? Yeah, what was um, interesting, it was kind of what we expected, really, when you looked at Gulfport on tape and you studied them. I mean, they're big, athletic front line. Um, They're tough. Picune's breaking in two new spots. I mean, that's kind of what we talked about going into the year, like how would the young center um, react? You're losing Ryan Pascal, who's going to go on and play it. Mississippi Gulf Coast. That's a that's a big shoes to fill there. Um, you have Lewis who's filling in, and I think did a really good job. Both of those kids have played great through three ball games, but they're still uh, new, still getting some snaps. You've got Peyton Wells and. Uh, Quentin Hayes, like Haynes, who are good, good football players, but they were undersized tonight, and they are in most of their matchups. They're usually able to able to overcome it in a really good way, and I think they were able to do that late in that second half. I think Picune, that offensive line, the big backs just wore on Gulfport. I really kind of looked at it as like a good sign that it was tough in the beginning, but that it didn't stay tough. Like Picune eventually won the war now there were some battles lost on some drives but overall when you look at the rushing totals i don't think it's going to be a a bad pitcher didell ended up with a nice night chris davis ended up with a nice night so we can hang out on like that just tough tough or you can look at it and say hey you finally broke a 6a in gulfport late and that's kind of the way i'd rather look at it that you've played three great defenses JDC beat the Iverville tonight, beat a 6A team. So you beat them. Popperville may not lose for three months. You beat them. And then this Gulfport team, I know people get sick of hearing about what's going to come out of the coast, but I think Ocean Springs and Gulfport are going to win some playoff games. I believe that. And so I look at that and say in each of those games, you've given up 
what, 7-7-7 seven, seven, and seven defensively. Your offense has been plenty. Um, I think there's a lot of good signs and a good way, really, for some of those young offensive linemen to grow up in a win. I mean, that's where you want to gain your experiences and wins, you know. So I look at it, yeah, it was tough, but it was tough and you um, win a hard-fought football game. That's rather that's better than the ride home for Gulfport when it's tough and you got to uh, move to 2-1 and one rather than 3-0. and oh. Yeah, Clay, great points on breaking them late. I thought... That's that's what Peking is known for. I mean, they're known for playing hard-nosed defense. Probably not as – I mean, the defense this year has just been outstanding. Now I'm going to switch gears over and go to that side of the ball with uh, Slick. Slick, you – man, I don't know what you can say about this defense. We talk about them. We talk about the – we've talked about the defensive line. We've talked about the linebackers. This was the first week we got to see a passing team. So what what did you see from the secondary? And then we'll go to the other parts of the defense. I think we got to see depth um, tonight, and, and that's the thing that we talked about really coming into the, the broadcast tonight. Um, I look for Jeremiah Conti. I mean, anytime he's up around near the line of scrimmage, locked up in man, he's going to make things happen. He had an interception tonight. Um, and I thought really, you know, Nathan Hickman it was in a lot of coverage tonight. I mean, that kid was running around all over the place, and his ability to be able to cover and really shut those flats down because they didn't dump a lot of stuff off in the flats. That was more the routes they would run to set up those bigger plays they were running and it's few of them that they missed on more of like decoy routes but when you got a guy that you can look at and say hey i need you to, to lock this down so we can take a marion and mcgill and use those guys to blitz some um, and he he allowed them to do that tonight so uh, we talked about Ty Warren. Um, I thought that he maybe they might be arguing with which side of the ball he belongs on now at practice. It could be an interesting debate between Coach Togner, Coach Feely, and then, of course, uh, Coach Seth Hayden, who's going to want to keep him on the defensive side. But we got an extra nickel guy that we can bring in. He played a lot of one-on-one -on -one covers tonight and did really well. And then, you know, we got to see Darrell come in. And Darrell and Nathan are those guys that, that really showed up in a big way against Gauthier last year. They were playing a lot in that game to come in and spell people because you're running around a lot in a game where you throw the football a lot, you get tired a lot quicker. And uh, both of those guys can come in and play relief because you know, the night that Chris had those long runs, it's hard to turn around and start running with a receiver down the field again. So we found some depth there on our defense um, at the secondary position. And then I think that we really, we saw that, you know, we. We had talked about it a little bit that Zay had been maybe kind of quiet um, through the first couple of games. Uh, JB is great, but JB, you know, wasn't really standing out on the defensive line, but they did tonight. Both of them did. And I think there was so much attention being drawn to Jamonte Waller. He still made some plays, but it opened up those guys and, and, and allowed them to showcase what they can do. And it's, it's a lot. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's tough, slick with that defensive line it just the endless possibilities for that defense the calls that coach seth can make is just uh outstanding i mean waller i think had four sacks i mean and then a couple hurries and then you mentioned ty warren that pass breakup was beautiful man he, he i mean he's so tall but he moves very well for a tall kid and uh you're right uh Coach Hayden may be trying to get him on the defensive side a little more but where's he going to play him you know i mean but it does give a shot at spelling Chris, who I'm going to Clay about tonight, right now. Um, I mean, Clay, 
it was really truly thunder and lightning tonight. I mean, Dowdell had a touchdown, but Chris had two. Dowdell had to earn his. Not that Chris didn't one run of Chris's was outstanding running through tackles, but I mean that was tonight was the true definition of what we call thunder and lightning. Yeah, it, it really is. There was a play, and I want to say it may have been between the third and the fourth quarter break. There was a break in the action, but it was back-to-back -back runs, which um, it was Dodell who went for like a five or six yarder. It was just mainly him being a power back uh, that he is. And then they checked Davis in, and he went for five or six yards. And neither one, like from our listeners, neither one were highlight runs but they were what Picune's offense needed uh, tonight. And it's the essence of having two guys that can do that where maybe most high school backs get you one or two and they go get you five or six. That may not sound like a lot, but that's the difference between moving sticks, winning football games, and man, what a what an absolute pleasure. Like from a play-by-play -play perspective, to see Davis with those two runs was a lot of fun, but you know, I I saw some stuff in Dodell tonight. Y'all saw him a lot more last year than I did. I haven't given him credit. I've actually kind of questioned a couple times about some of his vision to the backside. But I thought he used some good vision tonight, like peeking back and seeing that cutback. So to me, like Dodell's got room to grow and to get better. I don't think I'm taking anything away from him and saying that. I think that's a really good thing. And I thought we saw some flashes tonight of that but not to get lost in like a defensive battle in a field position battle is what chris davis has done as a punter look when you place morgan craft and gonna kick the ball to the two or the three or knock it into the end zone on kickoffs and then you've got davis back there i thought that was almost like a throwaway move to have davis honestly so people would always have to play punt safe and that davis would be some of these high school punters that kick at 15 or 25 yards this kid tonight hit a boomer and then he had several that were from 35 to 48 yards like some real his average on the night was great punting the football and so Man, you just think of all that we ask of him, an incredible lockdown corner. He's going to come in, get 10 to 12 really big carries, and then to punt the way he did tonight. He's a special, special dude, and he's going to go on to play uh, somewhere really nice when he finishes up at Picayune. We're glad that we've got another year with him. Me and Rick made a comment kind of joking. You know, he's 17, 18-year-old kid, a junior in high school, and a whole Southeast that looked like uh, sent him a happy birthday message via Twitter uh, today. And so uh, he's got some colleges uh, that are looking out for their best interest, and I'm sure that they'll fit Chris's uh, to whoever he chooses because he's going to be a lot of fun to play for a few more years here. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned I, I told him happy birthday. It was his birthday, him and Naki. I got both of them on the uh podcast as interviews and clay i know y'all you and slick haven't heard it but uh i did ask him about the colleges and uh it's a lot of them been contacting him so you'll have to listen to the interview to uh find out but he he's he's a busy dude on the phone right now so and it's well deserved so slick finishing up this game a hard fault game kind of what what you've seen that maybe stood out that we didn't see from the first two games is there anything that you i mean i know 
different style of team we just played. But now we're fixing to go to D'Aberville. They got a new head coach. Not even sure what that, I'm sure they'll probably run something similar to what he ran when he played or maybe, I don't know. Um, is there anything that stood out tonight that was different from the first two games? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I spoke to Clay a little bit on air about this. Um, what we didn't see, and you did, you and I didn't see this a lot last year either, was uh, actually offensive penalties like holding and things like that. We had some of that that start out some drives. I mean, there was there were two drives, Dave, where we had the ball in the red zone and couldn't punch it in. It actually went backwards. Um, you usually don't see that. Uh, so that was something that was a little bit surprising, and I think that it, it speaks to kind of the way that this defense played. And and listen, I mean, Clay talked about Chris and a little bit about Dante and what they do, and, and I agree. I don't think we've given Dante enough credit, but imagine when you've got a defense that, you know, you've got a chance to maybe have a, a highlight reel where you tackle a kid who's going to work and potentially right. that's going to make everybody want to get to the ball. They all know he's getting the ball. And right now, his fullback is not even in the game. So there's no threat of anything coming back up the middle. So he's basically got the whole defense teeing off on him, and he's still able to go for 100 yards on the night when they know he's getting the football. Dante makes this this whole team better, right? He keeps your defense where they can rest when he can move the sticks. He opens up the offense. He gives Brady opportunities to where he can check into other things because everyone's running to Dante. So to do what he did tonight, because it didn't look like he may get there tonight, you know, with 100 yards. But, you know, 27 carries, I don't like that for him. I think he needs to be a little bit lower. But I think we needed every one of them tonight in this game. And, and he went and got them, and he's not going to complain about it at all. So I thought the way he played um, was super, super impressive. And I think you're going to get some criticism probably, right? Because now you get very, very – you get very, very used to winning and winning big games, and, you know, and the community is going to say, man, we didn't look good. We didn't play well. You got you to gotta start just blocking all that out, man, and focus on the many positives that Clay talked about early on. Um, during our podcast tonight, there's a lot of things to hang your hat on. And that's what we got to continue to to hang our hats on. Because again, the ceiling for us is so high still, and we're not even close to it. Because we're, we're pretty doggone good. I mean, we played a horrible first half. We pitched a shutout. Yeah. So yeah, th there's a lot of good things that are happening there. And it could have easily been 14 and nothing going in half. It's a crazy play, and we'll go to Clay. I got the confirmation from Coach Stodner. It was stepping out of bounds. Uh, they ruled him stepping out of bounds. I had a video, but I did not video Chris early on in his run, so I, I can't speak that he didn't step out. But I had asked the official where he said he stepped out at, and he said at the three. I have video of that, and he did not step out at the three. But Jeffrey Stewart did comment on Twitter that he seen him step out earlier. So... I had to go with that. Um, we'll watch Huddle. We can pick that up on Huddle. But what was y'all's take on that? It was kind of a weird situation. The play was over. No flags. No hat. Thrown on the sideline. So, I mean, I haven't went back and listened to you guys yet. But what what was it like calling that particular play, Clay? I mean, with Davis's speed, you immediately, if you're following a ball, like you, you've got an eye, of course, on the quarterback and Brady Robertson, like – 
and it's dropping and you see Chris just streaking down that sideline and Dr Brady dropped it on him beautifully. Brady throws such a pretty football too. Some of that can get lost in, in some of what we're talking about with the backs and he, he ran the ball well tonight too. But um, to your point, like Chris is so aware of his body and aware of where he is. It's hard for me to believe that he just got so far out uh, wide in his route that he found himself out of bounds. But, well, I've never seen really points after that much time. I mean, Morgan Kraft was essentially about to kick the point after. Like, everybody was squared off. The band had done their thing. I think the light show had already gone off, which I hope y'all will touch on at some point in this. But, um you know and then they all huddle like with no really commotion just a simple huddle at first and then me and rick's kind of like hey there's only really one thing you can be concerned about and i was so shocked that they wiped that off like i would think it would help the most to be like a blatant thing where chris looped out of bounds and and maybe it was like you said maybe i messed it but um, it was odd that, that that's what took place. But a beautiful throw, a beautiful uh, route. So, But it was wiped away. It would have been three touchdowns on the night for Davis. Yeah, it would have had the hat tree. I'm glad you brought that up about the lights because I was going to go to Slick about something else. Slick, we were, we've talked about it a little bit in the first two episodes, but we were pretty hard on the fans last year. But I'll, I got to give them credit, Slick. They, they were there early. They were loud. They were into the game. They were, they, I think the first two games is the most I've seen on the road in a long time following the tide. And then also the light show. You know, I mean, when we score, it's pretty cool. <laughs> the lights go out. I almost thought the lights went out the first time it happened. I was like, uh oh, the uh, game's going to be over. Um, but it happened right when it started the football game. But um, talk a little bit about the fan support this, this year, real quick, and then uh, we'll wrap this thing up. The fans have traveled well. And they showed up tonight. They were loud. Um, really, really proud of them. And I'm, I'm going to camp out for a second on the officials because they didn't show up tonight. No. And I'm, I'm not just saying that from a picking standpoint. I mean, you, you're going to look back at this this film. I mean, there was a play down the right in front of us where Ty Warren got, got, got grabbed by the neck five yards before the ball ever got to his hands. No flag thrown there. There were some weird flags where we're looking where it should be obvious where, oh yeah, this is gonna be a block in the back or a hold and a recall back. So I don't know, I, didn't, I don't know about the Chris Davis run. Um, I don't know what Jeffrey, you know, tweeted out or I know you mentioned what you saw, but I think, you know, there were some bad calls. We hadn't got a lot of those this year and it's hard to say that and, and, and you know, especially when you're winning football games, but I thought the, the officiating was not very good tonight. Yeah, I got the uh, Warren pass and it was blatant. His, he got whiplash almost on the play. It was it was really a bad claw. All right, we take this one 21 to seven, Slick. Going into Diarville, man, it's revenge week. Uh, coaches said it, players said it down there. Like they they, it's almost as if it, it's a weird feeling, Slick. Me and you followed the team last year, and you know we didn't know how good they were going to be. Nobody knew. Now everybody, like you said, everybody's teeing off on. Well, everybody wants to tackle the Oregon commit, Dowdell. The, I mean, they got they're, they're the trophy this year. You know, like they, you go out and play good against Picune, something you can talk about. Man, it's almost as if they flushed this game already, and they're ready for Diaverville. So, looking to going to Diaverville, coaches and players call it a revenge week. Like I said, what's your take on what you know next week? 
I mean, I think for us, it's going to be another day where we're going to look at something we can take positive from the from the week, show some kind of growth. And I thought we saw some of that tonight. Um, you know, like Clay mentioned earlier, we really only had one kind of bobbled uh, quarterback center exchange. I mean, we've laid the ball on the turf eight times this year and lost half of those. So we didn't we didn't see a lot of that. I mean, you know, Darrell had one go through his hands that resulted in a turnover. Um, can't really put that on Brady and really. He had another play where he was coming around on the reverse and kind of bobbled it, but it was pretty clean from that standpoint. I think we'll look at this Diaberville game as another game to try to find some things positively that we can build on and try to get the W. And yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you're not going to tell these kids or these coaches that it, they don't want to go and win this game because they lost their only loss last year. So I think that that'll factor in, but just progress, more progress, you know, from, from week one to week, you know, now we're at week three. Um, going into week four now, we want to continue to see that progress. Something we can say, yep, we were messing up here and we're a little bit better. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest thing. Second half sure looked a lot better. Yeah, best second half so far out of three games. Um, when it leading seven to nothing, I'm telling you know Coach Edwards out on sideline. I was like, we got we got to win the second half this time. Like we hadn't won a second half the first two games, so it was nice to see us. Uh, Finish strong and get this, get the victory. Clay, uh, final thoughts on this game? Maybe anything looking forward to the Auberville? Um, I mean, twenty-one to seven. You've hit on a lot of good points early on about how the offense kind of wore them down. But uh, anything else you want to add? No, it's just. I mean, you talked about the fan base, and even inside of that locker room, you had a ton of sophomores win a state championship last year, and I really think through three games you've seen a team figure out different ways to win this is a winning bunch man like you can see that like if they're in a fist fight they're gonna figure it out like and i thought we saw that a lot tonight i mean we were across the way but i didn't see any sense of panic when uh it was seven to zero a tight tight ball game they knew they were up against a 5a opponent i certainly didn't sense that when we were field side for warm-ups not a lot of high anxiety moment this is a loose fun winning bunch and i expect that to continue yeah it was great to get the victory 21 to 7 over gulfport want to go back and listen to the broadcast get on the MixLR app download it search picayune hit the follow button if you hit the follow button folks it will send you a notification via email or however you can set that up and let you know when we go live because uh Clay and I have talked about possibly doing some other events, not just football. So if if we pop in there and actually do something different, man, you're going to have that available for you on the spot. So you'll know. Um, great broadcast. And if you didn't catch say you're at the game because a lot of people showing up at the game this year, as we just mentioned, go back to the show reel. You can listen to any broadcast, any play you want to specifically look up. Just listen. Um, I want to thank all the sponsors that have sponsored the broadcast. It's been a great three games already. I mean, this season is just getting started, and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed the broadcast, enjoyed the podcast. As uh, we move to game four against the Iberville next week. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we appreciate you. Ready for faster internet and better service? Of course you are. And that's exactly what you'll get with Coast Connect. Coast Connect gives you blazing speed for faster downloads, streaming video, gaming, or working from home. And it's backed by top-shelf service from local people you know and trust. Why wait? Get the speed you need with the service you deserve. Sign up today at coastconnect.com. 
Coast Connect, powered by Coast Electric. Dungan Engineering is a proud sponsor of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast and the Talking Ball Y'all media group providing live coverage. Dungan Engineering provides service, strength, and solutions. Dungan Engineering has an incredibly talented and experienced staff that consistently seeks new ways to provide the services we provide to our clients. Our strength in part is rooted in our ability to provide superior engineering solutions, utilizing the latest technology available with the simple mission of improving the quality of life in the communities we serve. All right, I'm here with Coach Seth Hayden, a defense coordinator for Picayune, following a 21-7 victory over Gulfport. Coach, defense has been carrying this team for the season. I mean, that's out of the words of Coach Cody Steiner, so it's not my opinion. Right. That was his. Um, a little bit different team tonight facing a team that's more pass-happy. Uh, what was the preparation like for this week? Man, it, it was just really simple. Just line up and just play hard, tough-nosed football. Uh, and I just want to give all the credit to these boys, man. They come out to practice every single day. They take coaching. I mean, I just want to give – I don't do anything, just try to put them in their best spot. Those guys go out and make plays, man. Give all those boys credit. Uh, but the, the, as far as the game plan was concerned, it's just, just to – Keep everything in front, play tough on against the run, get him in obvious passing situations, and be able to play coverage behind it so we can get pressure with four. But, man, our boys just – we got the best kids in the nation, man. They played so hard. Give those guys all the credit, man. Coach, we, we've watched a lot of run in the last two weeks against us or trying to run against us. It was nice to kind of get a glimpse of the secondary tonight. What, first eyes on them, how you think they played tonight? Uh, other than the one uh, that one deep ball we gave up on uh, with Naki, I mean, I thought we did really good. I mean, of course they're going to get some inside slants and some hitch routes there here and there. I mean, you, you, you want to try to play a perfect game, but ultimately, you know, those guys practice too. So I just want to give, man, a lot of credit to our boys, man. They played hard. They do what we coach them to do. Um, they're just great kids, man. I love them to death. Awesome boys. Coach, good luck. Us. Keeping that seven-point average. You almost had a shutout. I almost, thought we was yeah, going to yeah. get it. Yeah, you always want a shutout, but, I mean, heck, seven points against a great Gulfport team. I told Coach Smith this morning, I said, man, we got to hold them to 21 points. So we hold them under 21 points, we'll win the ball game. And, gosh dang it, we did. Yep, Coach, good luck. Thank uh, you, man. Uh, next week against the Iville, uh, we get them here this time. Yeah, so we, we, we've been had this one circled on the candle, calendar since uh, December. This is a revenge weekend. We're going to go try and make a statement as far as um, we just want to come out and just play hard because they got us and they hit us in the mouth last year. So we're just going to try to match their physicality and uh, hopefully we play well. Coach, congratulations on the win. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bank with your hometown bank, FNB Picune Bank. With four branches in Picune, a branch in Poplarville and Wiggins, and soon to have a branch in the Kiel. The name has changed, but the employees continue to be the same friendly faces, offering you the same great service. So do your banking with your hometown bank. All right, I'm joined by junior cornerback, running back, Naki Radcliffe. Want to first say happy birthday, Naki. Thank you, thank you. Um, really appreciate it. Coach, I mean, uh, Naki, I'm about to call you coach. I just talked to two coaches. Naki, we finally seen a team that threw the ball a little bit, so you got to do a little bit. So how was it going into this week? preparing for a team that was you knew was going to throw the ball? I mean, you know, coming off playing two run-heavy teams, it's kind of tough because you got to be braced to, like, 
player coverage, player technique, and all that. So I really enjoyed it, though. They really challenged me. I know what I need to work, now. I know what I need to work on. So. so, so the one play they got, they got one play on you. I know uh, you didn't like it. Uh, it seemed like you just kind of jumped a little early. Yeah, that was that, that pick was mine for the taking, but I just mistimed it, jumped a little early. Ball so, is a little closer. And if you don't know, Naki is a basketball player, pretty good basketball player. So that's that's got to help a lot out here on the football field. Yes, sir. So running back, you don't get a lot of carries in this offense. Um, you got Dowdell, who everyone knows, and Chris. Chris knows. Yeah, Thunder and Lightning got got them ahead of you. But uh, man, do you do you wish you carried it a little more? <laughs> or you night. like defense? Every night. I mean, I prefer defense. I thrive on defense. Defense, my better side. But I would like to mix it up a little bit. I like the carries. I like being running through people. You know? Yeah, I hear you. He's a good physical cornerback. Uh, Rocky, you played a hell of a game. I know you. You're gonna. I know. I seen it in your eye. You're gonna harp on the one play, but man, that's only gonna make you better. Yes, sir. Thanks, Rocky. Appreciate it. It feels good to buy local, whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance. The local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popperville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. All right, I'm joined by junior running back, Chris Davis. Happy birthday, Chris. Thank you, thank you. Following a 21-7 victory over Gulfport. And you got your number called a couple times. Have a touchdown call back. They said you stepped out of bounds. Did you step out of bounds? I don't think so. I ain't stepped out of bounds. All right, well, Chris had a couple of long touchdown runs, really kept the tide moving ahead. Also got a little bit of uh, more defense work this week. You had some passing. I talked to Coach Hayden and uh, Coach Stogner about the preparing for the passing. So what was different this week, transitioning from teams that have been run heavy into teams that were you knew was going to throw the ball? Well, it was the calls. We worked on a lot of different calls this week. Like, if they come over and trips us, thunder, we just got to check them. And usually we communicate first one out, first one in. If they switch, we call switch. And that's when they cross. Chris, your recruiting starting to heat up. I'm just going to touch on to you. September 1st, coaches started calling. By how many coaches have been contacting you? Like, say by like 26, 27. <laughs> Is that phone ringing off the hook? Yes, sir. So uh, you got, you going to narrow it, you plan on narrowing it down anytime soon? I know you're still early in your recruitment, but I mean, do you plan on like by the end of this season or maybe going into your senior year? By the end of the season, going in. Yeah, Every one of them and start narrowing down. You got some favorites already? Nah. Nah, not yet. I ain't going to, I wouldn't let you say that yet. All right, Chris, good luck. Uh, like I said, bir happy birthday, 3-0. and Got the Ivy ne yes, next sir. week. They beat us. Hey, that's revenge week. Yeah, all right. You coming for Good luck. Josh and Jeremy Robertson, owners of Robertson Brothers Used Cars, have proudly been serving Picayune, Poplarville, and all surrounding area for over 10 years. They hang their hats on being lifetime residents of Pearl River County and take pride in serving their community, not only with quality used cars, but also with helping out local youth in any way possible. Robertson Brothers used cars are located at 617 Highway 11 South in Picayune. 
Give them a call at 601-799-1220 or look them up on the web at robertsonbrothersusedcars.com. All right, I'm here with Coach Co- Head Coach Coach Stogner following a 21-7 victory over Gulfport. Coach, congratulations on going 3-0. and uh, I know we go 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. So next week, uh, Diarville, we'll try to go 1-0 again. Coach, the defense, you've said it. I've heard you say it before. They're carrying the team. They played outstanding tonight. Um, just talked to Coach Head, uh, Seth Hayden. Talk a little bit more about that defense. Got to see the uh, secondary work a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, week in, week out, we know we're going to lean on that defense, especially early on in the year, you know. And, I mean, we got some good players over there, and, and they're coached well, and they, they take coaching well and a lot of experience. So, you know, it's, it's real nice to know that we can go out there every day and, and you know, if you know if things aren't clicking on offense, I know they'll get the ball back. We have a lot of confidence in them that we'll get the ball back. And, you know, and, and, the, and the what I was so proud of is tonight is offense wasn't really clicking early, but, you know, we, we got better in the second half, and that's what I was really looking forward to is how we played in the second half, and we actually played 48 minutes tonight. So I was going to get on that. You struggled a little bit running the ball early on about the first quarter, got some runs in that second quarter. Was it more of something y'all hadn't seen or it was just a young line? Uh, they were just – they were very good up front, man. I mean, those are some dogs over there. I mean, that's probably one of the best defense lines we've, we've faced in a long, long time here. And, you know, you got to give credit to them. And the Gulfport knows us well. You know, they defend us well every year. And and then it just takes time, you know. I mean, we got – like you said, we're still – you know, it's third game in. We got a couple guys up there that haven't I – mean, that's their third varsity football game. So, you know, I – you know, last year we were kind of sitting right here about the same time talking about, you know, we had one first down and then against them in the first half last year. But I think we're clicking and we're going to get better in every every week. Coach, clarification on the call right before halftime. Did Chris step – did they say Chris stepped out or what was the call they, on that? They call, yeah, they said he stepped out and came back in and, and uh, touched the ball. So, I was participation. I, I was so confused. I didn't know if they called a legal man downfield. And I, the referees told me he stepped out at three, which he obviously didn't step out there. That must have happened. I didn't get the video further down, but uh, yeah. man, it would have been nice to get that before that. Would have, would have been nice, you know. But I mean, you know, we always talk about things we can control, and we can't control those guys who come out here and do this for us. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. Well, coach, got Diaverville next week. We had one blemish last week. Last year was Diaverville. Coach Hayden said uh, they just want to match them. He thought they were so physical last year. He wants to match that this week. Is that what you're going into to stress? Uh, starting Monday. Oh, yeah, but, and that's where we saw it last year. We got whooped physically up front, and, you know, we're going to make sure we get here Monday and prepare because this is going to be a war. Uh, the obviously always plays as well. They got some good players, and Coach Ladner's doing a good job over there in his first year. So it's going to, you know, our, I think our guys, you know, have a little sour taste in their mouth after last year, and they remember it, but it's, it's still going to take a lot of hard work and effort and uh, playing our best football. Coach, congratulations on going 3-0. and Good luck next week against the Thank you.